podcasters. Podcasting Smarter is the official podcast from Podbean, featuring podcasting interviews, best practices, and helpful tips. We're here to give you the tools, resources, product updates, and news to help you get started podcasting and keep your podcast growing. Hello, hello everyone. Hello and welcome to our October Storytelling Podcast Week live event. My name is Norma Jean Belenke. I'm the head of events here at Podbean. And we're so lucky we're joined today by Gemma Serenity of Real Talk, Real Women, Breaking the Silence Around Abuse, a phenomenal podcast. And we're going to dive into Gemma's journey, how the show empowers survivors and her story. So stay tuned. I'm going to read our brief intro and here we go. Welcome back everyone to Podbean's Storytelling Podcast Week and Podcasting Smarter live series. This is our live event for October, Empowering Voices, Real Talk, Real Women, featuring Gemma Serenity, founder and CEO of the Global Network of Success, domestic violence advocate and creator and host of the Real Talk, Real Women, Breaking the Silence Around Abuse podcast. For those of you who may be joining us for the first time, Storytelling Podcast Week has live stream sessions like this one with top podcasters and storytellers from scripted fiction and nonfiction podcasts from across our world and our imaginations. We also have exclusive recorded episodes on the Podcasting Smarter podcast, so make sure to check that out as well. We are brought to you today by Podbean. We're a podcast hosting and monetizing platform and home to over 640,000 podcasts. To start your podcast, head over to podbean.com today. And now we'll jump in. Hello, Gemma, how's it going? Great. Thank you, Namajin. I really appreciate you inviting me. We're so excited that you've joined us today. So first of all, can you share a bit about your personal journey and what motivated you to become an advocate and to break the silence for survivors of abuse? Yes, thank you very much for asking. I am victorious over 15 years of domestic violence. And mm. I was through two domestic violence stories, one after another, one time five years, and then 10 years. This is why I say always 15 years. Battling every single day, finding ways to cope when you stay in there and not seeing a way out. I decided to find a way out. And I decided to actually put an end to that. So I tried, and I tried seriously. There is one thing that happens when you live in constant fights, in constant violence. You cannot live successfully during a fight. So it's really a, it's really a lived experience, yeah. And it's something where you got out, and I got your story, out. So you got out. A 51st time of trying. And I left. And from that moment on, it's blessing after blessing. It's healing, transformation. I met my third, last, and dream husband, Sasha Gorokov. Mm. He powered me and gave me everything that I actually never had. I thought he gave me back my life, but he gave me a life that is mine. Mm. And with nine years of healing and transformation, I said, I have to do something about all these women and all these men and all these people who are still mm. stuck in that same situation for We're the last stuck in that. Yeah. cycle of abuse. Of course, I have to do something about them. But I know yeah. one thing, and that thing is a catalyst of this show. 
a victim will not come over and tell you I am a victim. That mm. does not happen. How are you going to touch the heart of those who are hiding in plain sight? It's a person who looks absolutely normal and great, sometimes a little bit tired, but is actually going through hell at home. Yeah, it's a silent. Yeah. It's a silent situation. Yeah. And that that makes so much sense in terms of breaking the silence because once you speak up about these things, you can address them, you can heal them, you can move into a healthier place, both physically and emotionally. But the weight of that and how, you know, obviously the there's social impact as well. People feel shame, that kind of thing. To put your voice out there and say, hey, this is what happened to me. And maybe you're going through that too. And here's how I got out. Here's resources. Here's what this looks like. Here was my journey is so empowering because once you speak to it, you get to own it. You get to own your story as well. Exactly. This is why I created Real Talk, Real Women, Breaking the Silence Around Abuse. Someone who who is living in abuse will pick up that show to listen. And every time I present and introduce another person's story of overcoming abuse, because everybody has a different story, a different feel, a different sound, a different approach. And people do not connect with everyone. They connect with one person who speaks truth to them. And now they wake up. Now they're inspired. Now they can do something about their lives. Because now they believe. Yeah, absolutely. But there is light and on the other you side. You never know what's going to resonate. Okay. Yeah. And you never know what's going to resonate with each person. It's something where, you know... At, is showcasing and sharing the stories of survivors. And this is what the podcast is about. We haven't quite gotten into the podcast yet as much, but Real Talk, Real Women, Breaking the Silence Around Abuse is a beautiful podcast where you speak to survivors and share their stories. And and one of the benefits of that from a listening standpoint is that everybody resonates with people's stories differently. And there's going to be a story that maybe you think, oh, that person went through that but you don't necessarily subconsciously identify with it or it doesn't, for somebody who's maybe experiencing abuse, it doesn't necessarily trigger, oh, that's me, but other people's stories would. And so to continue to share these stories and to continue to highlight different people's journeys is healing for everyone who listens. It's really a spectacular show. So tell us a little bit about what inspired you obviously to make the show was your own survival journey and sharing stories of survivors. But in terms of being a podcaster, <laughs> that's, it's also like a whole other thing. So had you, you hadn't been a podcaster before. So tell us a little bit about, tell us a little bit about what it was like for you to make the show and obviously to share those stories, but to build also your community. So what I discovered is that for two years, I had this idea of Real Talk, Real Women, podcast, show, something. But I did not do anything about that. And then I had a vision. And the vision was inspiring millions of individuals to step into the energy of success. Hence, the global network of success. And I said, wow. Okay, I'm doing it. I don't care that I don't know how, I'm just doing it. Okay, done. It's, It's a done deal. How do you go about being a done deal when you have no idea what to do? 
I decided that I would actually get guests on my show who have prevailed over abuse and get their stories out. And it would be real talk, real women breaking the silence around abuse. The, the, the name was so self-evident because of my story. And then the first person I got an intro call with telling her, that's my plan. I'm doing that. Do you want to participate? And she said, that's amazing. Let me connect you to a huge Facebook community full of potential guest speakers. Sure. Wow. Thank you. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So I went there and said, hey, who wants to be on Real Talk with Women? 70 people said, I am one. I am one. I am one. So my 70 first episodes were just coming from there. So then it's a question of CRM. It's a question of management. It's a question of organization, of calendar, of managing the entire things. The other thing that was also a blessing, I mentioned that to another person who was actually selling a something on Facebook and there was a cat on it and we love cats and we just connected say that cat is amazing not even talking about the office desk that she was selling and she said yeah and then she immediately told us that she is a former podcaster and I said oh can you please tell me how it is and what it entails because I'm entering that journey now and I just don't know anything about that I'm just going to do it and Maybe you can give me some tips and tricks and direction. She took two hours out of her time and she gave me all the essentials I must know as a show host. So I got a masterclass and I got started. Mm. Do you remember what she shared with you? I would say the most important thing is to consider a podcast as a business, meaning when you start a business, you want to have clarity. Clarity, who is your audience? What are you sharing? How often? What is the length of the episode? How many episodes do you want to have in the books in advance? How do you go about monetizing? When? What do you do about that? How do you want to convey the message? What do you allow? What do you not allow? That kind of thing. And I was there, yeah, decide how many times a week. Okay. Have enough episodes already recorded before you get started. You don't want to be like so short that you don't have any episodes anymore. Huh. Okay. I did not think about all of that. I was just like, okay, I'm doing it. <laughs> So with that kind of advice, and it's high-level real advice, that is valid for any business for that matter, and podcasting as well. And that was enough to put me on my way. On your path. Yeah. And I think it's something with podcasting where going into it knowing, hey, this is going to be a bit of work, right? I'm super excited. I have 70 people (laughs) whose stories I can share. That's just so incredible. You know, before you launch to get 70 guests lined up, that's just phenomenal. And I think it really speaks to the mission of the podcast and your mission as well, which I want to talk a little bit about next. But to go into your podcast saying, okay, this is my plan. This is how I'm going to monetize. This is how many shows in advance I'm going to have recorded and produced and ready to go. These are all things that help set you up for success so that you have that sustainable long-term success, right? 
It's something where there's no pressure of, oh, I'm six episodes in and I don't have one for tomorrow, right? Or, oh, I've put all this money into my podcast or I've spent all this time and I'm not getting out of it what I, what I thought maybe I might, right? Or, oh, I didn't think about monetizing until a year in. These are all things that you can think about on the front end. Um, and we talk about this all the time at Podbean. We've got quite a lot of resources specifically about that. But the fact that you went into it with such intention is really cool. And I think I don't know very many other podcasts, a couple that I've heard of that had maybe a year or two worth of guests going in to before launch. So I think that's a phenomenal start as well in terms of just setting things up, getting excited about the next episodes coming out because pod fade, podcast burnout is real. And so it's important to set yourself up and have systems in place to really make things as easy for yourself as possible. So next I want, yeah, I want to ask you a little bit more about the Global Network of Success, which you're the founder and CEO of, which also offers personal development. So how does that play a role in helping survivors of abuse? And how does the Global Network of Success tie in with the podcast? Yes. Okay. So I am the co-founder of the Global Network of Success with Sasha. So it's G and S, like Gemma and Sasha, and like the Global Network of Success. <laughs> this is how it was initially, initially thought of. The idea is really multiple shows, coaching, guiding, inspiring, helping people make progress financially, emotionally, personally, professionally. It's really make progress in your life. Go to your next level. And with all this experience of life, when you take Sasha's experience of life, he was born highly disabled with spina bifida on paper. According to the medical community, when you come with that kind of diagnostic, it's, the memo is very simple. Mm, paralyzed from the waist down because of spina bifida. And lifespan, about seven years, maybe less. Hmm. Wow. Good luck in life. Wow. It's, whoa. Wow. That's not a good start in life. And that's not easy. Dealing with that, Sasha transformed immediately, stayed connected to the divine within. He stayed aligned with, okay, I am alive. I am well. I'm thriving. I'm happy. I'm alive. How cool is that? Let's go play. Let's go have fun. Everything is amazing. So that is his outlook in life. It's, hold on a second. You are the one supposed to completely wither away and die so early. And you appear to be the life of the party, the guiding light for everybody. Huh. But that's it, him. He walks, he can run if he wants to. He does a lot of bike. He's 45 years old, not seven, not 18, not 20, 45 years old. He is the most intellectually well-rounded individual I know, educated in any, every way. He went to the best universities and business schools out there. 
he accomplished everything the medical community told him cannot be done. So that is Sasha. So now you take that story and you bring that domestic violence survivor and victorious side by side and you create a global network of success. That is the origin point. And what we do, we keep on giving through podcasting, through media, through broadcasts, through coaching, through inspiring, through speaking, through books. We have books out there too, From Victim to Victory, A Leadership Journey. That is Sasha's book. Mine is Dream, Dare, Do, From Domestic Violence to the Mission to Help and Inspire Millions of Individuals to Step into the Energy of Success. I know it's a long title, but it says it all. (laughs) (laughs) No, it sounds like you guys have both, you're very mission-driven together to really inspire people and offer stories and tools and resources for how to empower yourself from a place of disempowerment, right? Or whether it's internal or whether it's society telling you what you can't do. So that makes a lot of sense. And October is Domestic Violence Awareness Month. I want to ask you, and we talked about this a little bit, but why is it crucial to have open conversations about domestic violence and What role can everyone play in raising awareness? There is one thing that happens. When you break the silence around abuse, you empower the person who is abused to start her path toward recovery of her identity, not the one that is crushed, but her true identity, her divine identity. And by breaking the silence, by speaking, by by raising awareness around domestic violence, domestic abuse, around all forms of abuse, when you listen to the show, you will hear a lot of different forms of abuse. It's a wide topic. It actually empowers victims and disempowers the one perpetrating the abuse. Because now they are out in the open, they are seen, they are recognized. Oops, yeah, they messed up very bad. Okay. Some people will have remorse. Some other who are more on the psychopath side will not see any problem with that. But it will actually empower. When we start to speak about what hurts, the hurt dissipates. And we can start to heal. This is what happens. And then we can help each other and support each other because we actually become visible. And when we become visible, we can get help, support, presence. We can then inspire others to also get out of the closet and appear. Yeah, me too. Ah, because you too? Okay. I understand you. How good is it to hear that? I understand you. I'm not alone. No, you're not. We are way too many of us. But because we accepted the law of silence, we do not talk about these things. You know how it is. We don't talk about these things. Keep it under the rug. Believe me, as long as you keep it under the rug, it keeps on festering and it keeps on creating havoc in your life because subconsciously you keep on being in survival mode, 
because of that trauma at that moment in time, whatever that was. And that is true for abusers and for abusing, same. So by speaking up, raising awareness, giving a voice, transmitting the evidence by your testimonial that it did happen, the unthinkable did happen. It's okay is to speak about it and to tell the truth as it is. Some people will just go and um, not hear anything because they cannot hear the truth because it hurts them way too much. So they will just like turn a blind ear, uh, a, a deaf ear and, and, and move on. But way more people will actually stop and say, oh, let's talk about that. I know exactly what you're going through. I was there too. I'm out. Let me help you. This is why we have an October Awareness Month for domestic violence, domestic abuse, and all these things that are not talked about. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it's something where feeling seen and feeling heard is empowering, right? To know that no matter what you've gone through, or ever, however horrible it was, that you're not alone and that other people made it through. Not only did they make it through, but they're going to share how and you can reach out to them. And what really provides that human experience of validity for your own experience, right? Of not only are you seen, but your experiences are valid. Your lived experience is valid. Your trauma is valid, right? It's something where, you know, that acknowledgement a lot of the time, I think, is such a big part of the healing process, right? Because you can't heal from something that you're still holding on to, right? Your hands are still going to be clasped. You have to let it go. And in letting that go, and it's there's an opening there of releasing shame, I think that's really important. And I want to ask you next a little bit about a lot of people, like you were saying, a lot of people turn a deaf ear or it's too much for them or whatever the reaction is. And there's a lot of shame around domestic violence. And you really bring a safe space for a lot of these stories and a lot of people to feel empowered to share what happened, not in a way to victimize, but in a way to say, I'm okay. And this is how I moved on. And this is how I've evolved out of this. And I want to ask you a little bit in terms of the, because you've done so many of these interviews, what are, what is the, what are the commonalities in which shame weaves through people's stories? The shame immediately shows up its ugly head as soon as we are being gaslit in being responsible for our trauma. immediately our answer, because oftentimes, and every time, the the perpetrator of the abuse will make you the victim of the abuse. Therefore, as, and, and, and more often than not, the abusee trusts somehow the abuser. Oftentimes there is a relationship before the trauma. And oftentimes the abuser has the power 
over the victim and can do whatever he or she pleases. Oh yeah, something super important. There is no gender discrimination in domestic violence. There are as many women who are abusing their men or their women than there is men abusing their women or their men. There is everything at every age, every gender, everything in between. There is no specifically only men abusing women. That is a fallacy. Men are abused as much as women are. It's not a question of gender. I choose to address real talk, real women, because I feel comfortable raising women, empowering women, because that's my niche. It, it does not mean that I dismiss men's experience. Quite the contrary. But to come back to that point, that shame is the result of accepting the accusation of gaslighting, which is to say, you victim are responsible. And because you live with that, it becomes extremely difficult from that place called shame to rise up and get inspiration and hear a healthy voice telling you it's not your fault. That person will always blame you for that. However, you are not responsible. What that person did is criminal. You have the right to report. Save yourself. Leave. Find a way. There are many shelters out there. I know it's not fun to accept to go to the shelter, but you can. It's available for people like you as well. Even though you have such a high level in society and everybody like bow to you at work, at home, it's not that way. So you are still entitled to get the help you deserve and you need. And another thing that is essential, when you decide to cut all ties with your abuser, you have to cut all ties with all the people you know in common with your abusers. That means that it feels lonely at the beginning because you have to rebuild an entire network. Everybody who also knows the other person will likely be sold the abuser's story about you, which is horrific, and not your story like, hey, let me get out. It's too much. So there is a reality there that sadly plays a huge part in that shame as well. So when you leave everything and you create from scratch and just trust God that there is a way and there is good people out there ready to help you and who have no ties whatsoever with your now ex-abuser. I think for a lot oh, of people is. to say everything connected to that could be toxic and I have to create distance and like you said, start over. I think that that's so daunting for so many people and so it can feel that much more of a hurdle, I think, to for a lot of uh, survivors to get out. It does feel that way. I guarantee. It felt that way for 15 years. This is why I, I did not leave. I tried many times. I tried 50 times. So 51st time wow. was the right one. But I tried. Yeah. So keep yeah. on trying because one time is the last one. Yeah. I think when things feel like 
you don't see a way out. It just means that you don't see the next step. I think that's pretty... That's accurate. Challenging when you're in a stressful or traumatic, abusive situation. It's something where if you can't see that extra thing, I think it can be really hard. And what I think real talk, real women, breaking the silence around abuse, what your podcast does is it really shows, okay, here are some next steps people took. Here's how they got out. Here's what they did and how they survived this. And like you said, it's a silent epidemic in terms of people who suffer aren't, you know, going around telling everyone about it, (laughs) right? It's not something that you're going to see bumper stickers on people's cars for, right? It's not something that we talk about as a society a lot. And so I think by showcasing people's stories and how they got out in their journeys, the people who maybe are going through that can find your podcast and can find community safely and privately. This is the great the other great thing about podcasts, right? It's something where it's just on your phone. It's not if somebody wants to find Real Talk, Real Women, Breaking the Silence Around Abuse, they can they can go to their podcast directory, find the show, right? It's something where nobody has to know that you're listening to to hear those stories, to get perspective, to get help. I think that's really important as well. And you really help individuals discover their inner strength through the power of their journey. And I want to ask you next, what are some key principles or practices that you recommend in regard to personal empowerment and owning your story? I would answer that there is one thing that is the most boring and that works the best, a self-care routine. Always the same thing. May it be deep breathing, meditation, affirmation, EFT tapping, auto-hypnosis, all kinds of things that you can do on a daily basis that you must do on a daily basis. And if you miss the day, you keep at it. <laughs> but mm. that kind of things, when you are true to your routine, it's not exciting. It's boring. It's not always the new shiny things. It's always the same thing. But that thing is your saving grace. Because with that routine, you bring the best out of yourself. You heal your subconscious mind so that now you start to create in your life good things that you are asking for. You change your identity, your I am. So training your training your brain in terms of creating that consistency. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And what have been, you have so many episodes and obviously everybody's story is unique. But what have been some episodes of Real Talk, Real Women, Breaking the Silence around abuse? What have been some episodes that have stood out to you or have been particularly impactful? I have a couple that I do remember so much it impacted me indeed. And again, that is personal. (laughs) Of course, like you said, everybody's story resonates differently. Actually, I have more than three, but let's focus on the three first. The first story that completely shocked me to the deepest of my core, it's Ruby R. Mitchell. That's the person who is interviewed. 
and she is also in the anthology books that we are publishing. So you have you will have two chances to get to her story. The thing that is most shocking to me is that when she was born, she was quickly adopted. She did not know she was adopted until much later in life, during the end of, of her teenage years, probably even beginning of 20s. So she thought that her adoptive parents were her actual parents and her two adoptive parents were completely mentally sick. She understood the danger she was in every single day and she convinced her mother to be on the go and to change I don't know how many I don't remember how many times she changed schools she changed homes she changed states she moved all the time to not be found by her the person she thought was her father and the day she discovered that that person actually adopted her and she had other parents. It was at the same time a, a, a shock, but then it was the best day of her life. That means that she will not develop the same mental illness than her adopted parents, because that was her biggest fear. And when you listen to her, she's poised, she's present, she's gorgeous, she has it all together, she has that stability. But now when you listen to this episode, and this is the longest episode, I think it is an entire hour, um, she will tell you all the things that she went through. And it's a journey, also a health journey with many different types of cancers. And she blew them all. She stopped. She's a survivor, multiple cancer survivor. She keeps on applying all she learned. She's a, I think she's a hypnotherapist and so much more, but hypnotherapist as well. And with her voice and her consistency and her presence, wow, she has a story that is exceptional and completely stood out. Another person, it's not really the story that stood out, but the answer to a question. It's Sally Wagner. She's also in the book, so we will also have two chances to find her. She has lots of hats, including she was a, an attorney at law. Yeah. And, yeah. and she's also a, a coach, a, a life coach to really help to the deep transformation. She also has a real estate hat in somewhere in her curriculum. She has a lot of different approach to help people throughout their lives. And she also went through trauma. This is why she's on the show. And I asked her, frankly, How do you know what is true and what is not true? And she said, that is the biggest question. And that is the worst case scenario when you are the judge and you must make up your mind regarding the innocence or the culpability, the guiltiness of the accusee 
And when you only have testimonials and you have several testimonials of the same series of events, you will see discrepancies all the time. That means one thing. So what is what can you take out of that? Because that is a fact. Nobody has the same story, the same recollection of the event than another person living the same events at the same time. People have different perception. What does that mean from a subconscious perspective and a personal transformation perspective is that you are allowed to make your brain believe whatever you want it to believe and remember. You can change the story you remember of yourself. That is the boom, my drop. I think it's called timeline therapy. When you go back and you change the stories that you remember your entire body comes, oh, oh, so let me catch up. And now you have a few days, sometimes a few weeks of the body catching up. Yeah, I think it's something also where, you know, being able to change your perspective about it, right? I didn't cause this, but I survived it, I think is also a really big one for people. And just knowing that you're safe to let go of an, a, a specific experience, I think is so powerful. Mm -hmm. And like you said, if you haven't been given the space or the container or the permission from yourself to let go of that kind of experience, it stays with you. It does. Yeah. There is one thing, there is one word that I want to upgrade. You heard me say I am victorious over 15 years of domestic violence and you regularly use for survivors. When you acknowledge yourself as a survivor, there is victim, survivor, and victorious. When you stay in survivorship and you keep that identity of surviving, you will constantly have new experience to survive. It's not a good place to be. Now you are victorious okay, so, over trauma. Yeah, no, it's, it's and it, I think it's a lot of the stories that you tell and a lot of the work that you do is really about that reframe, right? It's not saying I was a victim and then I survived this, but I... I was victorious over this. It was maybe a chapter in my journey, but it's not who I am. Exactly. And I think that's a really empowering standpoint as well. And I think that's really the mission of all the work you do, right? Is that empowerment piece to give people the tools to live their life in a way that's self-actualizing, to let go of experiences that didn't serve them in many ways, right? Obviously with Real Talk, Real Women, Breaking the Silence Around Abuse is specifically about domestic violence and the trauma that ensued. But I think a lot of your work is also so well-rounded in the fact that it's about bridging the gap from where you are, if you're not happy there, to where you want to be in a self-actualized place, which is so beautiful. And thank you so much for taking the time to speak to us today. We've gone over so much and really spoken about the podcast and how you launched the podcast and your plan and literally launching with 70 interviews lined up, which is incredible from your story to how you and Sasha co-founded the Global Network of Success and really the journey and the real mission of the podcast and how it helps victors of domestic violence. So we're so grateful that you have joined us today. And Jim, I just want to ask you one more question in terms of what everyone can take away from our conversation today. You know, how can the average person maybe who has experienced 
domestic violence or who hasn't, or maybe who's adjacent or maybe isn't even aware that they're, because I'm sure we all know someone who's experienced domestic violence, but we may not actually know that we know that, right? Because like we've talked about today so much, it's such a silent, silent issue. And so how can we all contribute to the mission to break the silence of abuse beyond our conversation today? When anyone, and I really choose to say anyone, tells you that they are hurting, please hear them out. Because they are coming out of shame and of silence and they dare to say the worst they have gone through. That is not easy to do. It's something to train. And when they dare to say, hey, it's not, I'm not okay. Be a attentive ear and a shoulder where they can lean on. And you will deal with your the effect of those news and those things with other people on your end, not with the person who is actually telling you how much they hurt, whatever the hurt may be. Hear them out. Acknowledging and hearing someone who is breaking their own silence is the gift of healing and transformation that you can give at any level. Mm. That's so powerful. Yeah. Yeah, thank you for that. And thank you for the podcast, Real Talk, Real Women, Breaking the Silence Around Abuse. It's a beautiful show. And thank you for creating this thank work. Thank you so much. Um, thank you for yeah, I'm going to read our brief outro. <laughs> I know. I'm going to read our brief outro and then we'll wrap up today. So thank you, everyone. <clears throat> thank you, everyone, for joining us for this live stream for our Storytelling Podcast Week and Podcasting Smarter Live series for our event in October, Empowering Voices, Real Talk, Real Women, featuring Gemma Serenity, co-founder and CEO of the Global Network of Success, domestic violence advocate and creator and host of the Real Talk, Real Women, Breaking the Silence Around Abuse podcast. For those of you who may be joining us for the first time, Storytelling Podcast Week has live stream sessions like this one with top podcasters from scripted fiction and like today, nonfiction podcasts from across our world and our imaginations. We also have exclusive recorded episodes on the Podcasting Smarter Podcast. If you joined late or want to have another listen to this incredible conversation from today, you can replay this live stream on Podbean's YouTube channel. We are brought to you today by Podbean. We're a podcast hosting and monetizing platform and home to over 640,000 podcasts. To start your podcast, head over to podbean.com today to share your voice. Thank you for joining us and stay tuned for next month's live events. Thank you so much, Gemma.